back to another episode of the Tween the Lines podcast. Here today I'm coming back with another NBA episode. I've uh, said I'm going to try and do these every week. It's kind of hard with work and whatnot. And also kind of trying to find stuff to talk about. I'm trying to keep this, I guess, a consistent thing or as much as possible. So I thought, you know, i kind of go over the last few weeks or few days, I guess, and see about um, what kind of fixtures there are, what kind of rumours there are. Um, I think generally, a general thing I've found is a... Uh, First of all, one trend is the Heat are not playing very well without Jimmy Butler. The Heat are currently 7-12, just won their game last night against the Sacramento Kings 106-105, I believe. Which obviously is a pretty poor result in terms of uh, the Heat's firepower against the Kings. But the Kings played very well, they shot very well from three. Darren Fox is a superstar. In the fourth quarter when I was watching, he played ice ball pretty much for a few possessions straight. And was insane um hitting three after three on isolation as well not like it was a catch and shoot or anything um, very impressive um so getting into it i think first of all talking about the heat as this is more i guess a heat-centered uh podcast it was the heat have had a kind of a series of unfortunate events in the last month or so jimmy butler goes out with the, for the code protocol so does avery bradley taheros has a neck injury banner bio was out earlier as well Karan dragic is in and out the Heat have gone through like 11 different starting lineups um, this season in, what, 19 different games. Um, the Heat had 2-8 in the last 10 games, which was very, very poor. Look, if you compare that to you know, teams, let's say the Lakers, who they met in the finals, the Lakers are 15-6. Here are two the team they met in the conference finals, the Celtics, they're 10-8. The Pacers are 11-8, the Bucks are 11-8, Philly are 14-6. The Heat and the Raptors are the only teams really that you know are good teams playing poorly, and the Raptors are seven and twelve as well. Obviously, it's early in the season. You know things are definitely going to be different. I guess if you look in two three months time, two months even months time, hopefully fingers crossed. Obviously, you know I, I see a lot of casual fans on you know social media saying on Twitter and Instagram saying that oh yeah the Heat I knew they were flukes, I knew you know it wasn't they're not as good as it seems, or the Heat have had. Been very unlucky with COVID protocols and injury. Uh, you know they're still trying to find their best team, and I think uh, there's not much to worry about. There have been a lot of rumors heating up in terms of making a trade. I think the best thing is the Heat to roll with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler had 30 points last night. Played absolutely insane. It was like 30 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. I mean that is very very good. And um, let me just check that actually. Just uh, Jimmy Butler 30 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Um, Batman Bayer at 18 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists. He's really come to his own. Uh, actually, going back to my not well, my previous point, I'm not going to try and mix things up. Jimmy Butler's the leader of the team. He, the Heat have been missing him tremendously. And once he comes back, the Heat gets a roll of things. I think the Heat will be fine. Obviously, I think if it goes by the trade deadline and the Heat certainly pick things up, it is time to try and make a trade. Someone the Heat's radar, I think, and many teams' radar, a Bradley Beal, who's very unhappy in Washington. The thing is, I think the Washington are going to try and keep him, maybe try and try make some trades to try and, you know, keep him around. Uh, he's been very loyal to them, and I think he, I think they owe him a lot, to be honest. I think what I've what I've seen from Twitter is that they may wait till maybe a new GM in the summertime handles him and see what you know see what they do with him. So it may be into the summer that a trade actually comes through. But I'm sure Bradley Beal's getting more than fed up over, you know. Because he, he's the top scorer in the league, averaging 34 points per game. And uh, he's, you know, the, the team around him is not supporting him. And uh, the one good thing, actually, for, I guess, any kind of contenders, like the, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Clippers, 
the heat they're interested in trading for him, Philly, is that, which I think was a bit of a stupid thing, the Washington Wizards pretty much came out and publicly said that they're, you know, they're going to not trade, pretty much they're not going to trade into a team he doesn't want to go to because you know, he, he's been very loyal to them, so they're kind of paying it back, they're saying, we're not going to trade you to a struggling team that you're going to do, you know, in, that's in a situation just like we are. We're going to trade you to a team that's like contending and that you have a chance to win, which I think is fair enough. Um, the only thing there is that I think they've lost a bit of leverage because already the, Bradley Beal's trade value is already pretty low if he does request a trade. Well, not low, but lower because, you know, he wants to leave. It's not like, you know, teams have to overpay for him. But then also now, I think this sh- this now means that teams such as the Heat, such as the Clippers, Nuggets, contending teams, let's say, they don't necessarily have to try and outbid worse teams. Like, let's say, hypothetically, the Bulls try and come in and, you know, try and, let's say, offer Zach Levine for Bradley Beal, hypothetically, this is purely hypothetically, or, you know, make a, make a good trade where they have the best trade package. Bradley Beal says, no, I don't want to go to the Bulls. They're not a, you know, place to win, be winning right now. You know, the Heat, let's say the Heat, because I support the Heat, the Heat don't have to worry about trying to outbid the Bulls and give up too much because they know the Bulls aren't in competition to them, because the Heat are a contender, the Bulls are not. So I think that's a bit of a bad move from Washington, to be honest, because obviously it's a, it's a good thing to do, but they should make it public, because they've just lost trade leverage, really, because you know, they're not going to get the best offer possible. If I'm the Heat, to be honest, I'd say I'd offer... I'd try and keep hold of Tyler Hero. I'd probably offer... I'm going to try and try it out on the NBA trade machine on ESPN. I've tried out some kind of mock trades. I think it would generally look like... Um, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, and Casey Opala for young pieces. Could try and throw in Precious Chiwa instead of maybe Casey Opala, but I do really want to try to keep Precious Chiwa, especially because the Heat do need big men and rebounding interior presence. So trading away would just worsen the problem. And then, you know, add in Andre Dahl and Kelly Linux as cap uh, fillers, because Andre Dahl's contract is 15 mil this year, Kelly Linux is 12 mil, and then you probably put a pick or two. The Heat never really have many picks. They have about two first and two seconds for the next like five years or something, or three years even. So it's not looking great. And then obviously Washington would match it in terms of players, just having players minimum deals. So I think it's a decent trade, but I feel like Washington would probably try and push for Tyler Hero. But yeah, um, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Then uh, talk about general NBA standings. I think it's uh, interesting to see teams are doing well and teams aren't. Uh, teams that kind of started off very well, the Knicks, they started great, but they are currently 4-6 and six in their last 10 games, and they're now 9-11. Still, they're the ninth seed, doing well for themselves, so Charlotte, the Miller Bulls playing terrifically right now. Uh, Miller Bulls currently averaging, I just want to have a look quickly, um, where do you find it? Um, it's taken a while, there you go. Miller Bulls averaging... Uh, 12 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 1.5 steals, which is insanely good for a rookie. I mean, he's one of those players, kind of like his brother, who kind of do it all. I mean, he's a point guard, he's 6 eight, only 19 years old. He can play point guard probably the 2 as well. You could tent, well, I'm not going to say you put him in the 3, because he's not strong enough for that. He's only 108 pounds. But he's a very versatile player, and he's looking like he's going to be a really, really good piece of the Hornets to, uh, you know, in the future. And if they're doing well, like Gordon Hayward's playing great. Gordon Hayward's averaging about 27 points per game. He's doing tremendously right now. I think it's great for them. Uh, other standing example, you have the Hawks doing very well, 10-9. Um, yeah, they're doing very nicely. I, I was always kind of thinking they'd be a fringe 8 seed, maybe. 
obviously it's still early like teams that you're seeing that are really high up now could be you know at the end of the season be near the bottom I mean like some of the Heat and the Raptors they're not going to finish as the 13th and 12th seed they're probably going to finish in the top six I'd six I'd say um, you look at other teams the Nets I think the Nets, are, the Nets are doing very very well after they traded for James Harden they're six and two I believe even though watching them let's say they played the Heat twice when the Heat were down terribly in terms of injuries and code protocols and the Heat lost two very close games. So I do think that the Nets do have a worry. Um, especially in terms of their big men. Jonathan Dawn is not a reliable big man. They need to bring something in. They've been they've been plenty of rumours in terms of trying to bring in Kevin Love or an Andre Drummond. The only way they've got to do that though, so is uh, hoping that the Cavs buy out Andre Drummond, because he's on a one year deal with twenty eight mil and they sign him to a, as cheap a deal as possible. I'm sure Andrew Drummond wouldn't mind taking a pay cut in order to play on that team. Apparently, though, they're more interested in Kevin Love. The only thing is, though, I'm not sure how that would work trade-wise. I mean, Kevin Love has a three-year deal worth about thirty-one million a year, and he's uh, so he's he's already about 31, 32 years old, I believe, and um, he's going to be regressing. He's obviously not his former self. Obviously, he'd definitely you know give a boost to uh, the Nets to their, to their front court, especially. Slot and right, the centre or power forward, probably playing centre next to KD in the back in the front court. The thing is though, trade wise, I don't know how that works. I can't. I believe it's really it'd be really difficult to buy him out because it's a three year deal. There's ninety million dollars worth of money there, so that'd be nearly impossible, I believe. Then in terms of trading, obviously they have to match the salary in thirty million. I don't think they can do that without trading Kyrie, to be honest, or one of Kyrie, James Harden, or KD. Have to include. I think Joe Harris can't be traded due to him recently being signing a new deal. Um, they have to trade like Spencer Dinwiddie. He's on an eleven mil per year contract, and all they have really is Daniel Jordan, about ten mil. But then they have full minimums, and it'd be really hard to you know pull out to thirty one mil without giving up their whole depth. And they just signed them on Shumper as I'm recording this, and so that's some depth. But really, it's going to be you know their starting line's going to be great, and then. Behind that is going to be absolutely, absolutely nothing, and so I think it's kind of. Then I guess they've already kind of dipped their foot in terms of, you know, creating an all star, all NBA lineup. They're going to go the whole way, so I, I can understand that. You went to the Western Conference. Utah Jazz are doing exceptionally well. They're doing amazingly. I did not, so I did not think they'd do this well. I kind of thought it was one of those teams where they made the playoffs, maybe a seventh or eighth seed in the really tough West, and I don't know. I, I, I wasn't buying any kind of hype, especially after the whole thing with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell playing very, very well. He's averaging 23 points a game, 4.5 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, he's doing exceptionally well, as I, as I mentioned. He plays like Rudy Gobert. He's currently averaging 13 points a game, 14 rebounds, 1.5 assists. You know, he's uh, definitely increased his scoring at times with uh, big, big loads of scoring in certain games. And they've got nice depth as well. So the backup point guard, John Clarkson, who's potentially a six-man-of-the-year candidate. He's currently averaging 17 and a half, 18 points a game and, and five rebounds. Only two assists, which is a bit weird for a point guard, but he's much more of an offensive scoring threat, so I think that's fine. There's also players such as Bohan and Joe Ingles, good shooters. They're a very well-rounded team. They also re-signed Derek Favors, which is a very good, a very good cheap deal. Um, he's averaging you know, six points, six rebounds of assist. Kind of doing what, doing what he needs to do, I guess. And, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't think teams like this are really going to cause much noise in terms of um, the playoffs. I think it's really going to come down to the West, the Clippers, in the West, the Clippers, Lakers, and Denver. And um, 
I guess, the East, Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Boston, maybe Miami. I mean, I'm quite biased in saying Miami, but there's a question mark. I think it depends on how the team plays. Obviously, this is pretty much the same team as last year, apart from losing Jay Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. They obviously added Mo Harkless, Avery Bradley, Precious Achiwa, so I think that about evens out. But I think it'll be interesting to see what happens, because obviously they, they haven't started well. They've started much worse than what they did this time last year. And so it'll be interesting to see how you know Miami catches this deficit. Same with Toronto. And it'll be interesting to see the young teams like the Cleveland, Charlotte, Knicks, uh, in the West, the Grizzlies eight and six, they're doing well in the uh, the fifth seed, and also teams like uh, Mavericks only eight and twelve, they're not playing as well. It'll be interesting to see how standings go and change. So obviously, you'd be making these every week or so, so uh, a lot can change, and also be keeping up to date with trade rumors and um, anything like that. But yeah, that's all for um, today, and uh, thank you very much for listening. I'll see you all next time.